Hey there, I'm Rianne Mullins, and I'm the host of the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. 15 years ago, I lost 65 pounds by revamping my lifestyle in a very realistic and totally manageable way. Now, I teach other women how to ditch the yo-yo dieting cycle and start living a balanced, fit, and happy life through real food, effective exercise, and a powerful mindset. Each week, I'll be popping into your ears to teach you how you, too, can live a balanced and fit life free from unrealistic diets and crazy expectations. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. It's Rayanne. I'm so happy you're here. I am so happy to be back this week. I had to skip a week because I was just super busy and you know, to be honest with you, I'm always telling people that they need to listen to their needs and do what they need to do to support themselves. And so I thought, wow, I need to listen to my own advice and support myself and let go of one thing. And so last week, I let go of recording a podcast. So I'm back. And honestly, I don't see any reason I can't keep doing it for several months now with, you know, without taking a break. So I gotcha. Anyway, today I, um, well, I got back let me back up here. I got back from my wellness retreat in the mountains just a couple days ago. And wow, I was so pleased with how everything went. I had um, 13 amazing women who all got along perfectly. Because you know, you get a bunch of women together and you're like, oh, please let this work. Please let this work. Because <laughs> you know, we all have different personalities, but it was awesome. Everybody was so gracious. Everybody opened up and shared. And I truly believe that everybody had at least one moment of the retreat where they really felt like they learned something and got something from it. And that is the whole reason I do what I do. So I was very excited about that. And so on the way home from there, I was really thinking, I'm like, you know, here the holidays are approaching. Um, Last week was Thanksgiving. Christmas is coming, all the different holidays. So, you know, whatever you celebrate, it's all, you know, such a busy time of year for all of us. And One thing that comes up when there's a busy season, especially the holidays, is a lot of people use food and alcohol to kind of skim over the hurt and the emotion and the memories and things that come up this time of year. And, you know, hopefully you're listening to this and saying, oh, I don't have any problems with it. I love the holidays. But, you know, the majority of people, if you look at research and you talk to people, the majority of people actually really have a hard time around the holidays. Maybe it's missing family members. Um, Maybe they have, you know, sad memories as a child. There's so many reasons people get very emotional around the holidays. So, What happens then is, and especially the people that I work with, and I hear this often, is that around the holidays, there's a lot of emotional eating. There's a lot of, oh my goodness, I just ate all the Christmas cookies and I don't know why. Or, oh my goodness, I've been drinking every single night. Oh my goodness, I've never drank this much wine. Oh my goodness, (laughs) you know, I'm completely numbing myself every day just to get through the holiday season. So if that has any you know, if that's you at all, if there's any little bit of you that notices that, then this this episode is absolutely for you. So what we talked about, um, one of the workshops at the retreat was kind of, it was, I called it emotion, emotion, embracing emotions and 
ending emotional eating. So we are embracing emotions to end emotional eating. And I thought, whoa, this is perfect to share with my listeners. So we're going to do just that today. We're going to talk about, you know, what is emotional eating? And that's not really the main thing about this, but I'm going to talk about what is emotional eating. And then I'm going to explain the difference between your wounded or ego self and your higher self. And I'm going to give you five different characters that you may be playing as your wounded self. And then I'm going to give you a super quick action that you can do to tap into your higher, better self so that you can end or reduce emotional eating. So I hope this is helpful to you. Let's jump right in. So first of all, what, you know, what is emotional eating? You know, I think that emotional eating is actually very misunderstood. I think some people think, oh, I get sad, so I eat a whole pizza. And that's the only time I emotional eat. Or some people think, oh, I only emotional eat, you know, when I got broken up. Or, oh, you know, someone broke up with me, and so I emotionally eat. Or, oh, I'm sad, so I'm going to emotionally eat. But actually, emotional eating comes from many different emotions. It's not just sadness. Okay, it comes from anger, it comes from boredom, it comes from um, feeling less than, it comes from fear, okay, it comes because we don't want to see something or someone. There are so many reasons that people eat and mostly it's emotional. If you are not hungry and you know you don't need a meal, but you still want to eat, that's emotional eating. Okay, that's what cravings. And actually, you know, I've done a an episode about cravings. And so there are two reasons we get cravings. One is physical, like maybe you haven't eaten enough or the right combination of foods throughout the day. So you actually get cravings for food because your body needs physical support. But there's also emotional. And we get cravings emotionally most of the time because we're seeking something to comfort ourselves, right? So food is a comforter. And it's actually comforting because when we eat, chew, have something we enjoy, it actually for a short time increases our happy hormones. But when we do it too often, it's actually a self-destructive activity. Okay. So anyway, that's emotional eating. It's when we're eating when we don't need to eat to cover up some kind of fear or hurt or anger or any kind of emotion. Okay. Boredom is a big one too. But today we're really going to be talking more about our wounded self. So your wounded self is the part of you that has been conditioned. Okay. And what I mean by conditioned is when we are a child, we, and you may even kind of remember this, or if you have kids, you see it, or if you're ever around kids, you can see it. You know, little kids are fearless. They're not afraid to say their opinion. They do what they want, speak what they, you know, speak what they want. They eat what they want. They cry when they want. They laugh when they want. And they, and they dream. They think about the wonderful things that they can be and do. And as we age and as we get older, there's all these expectations that get put upon us. You know, by a certain age, you're expected to be able to do this. You're expected to act a certain way. You're expected to, um, you know, like for me, like only speak when you've been spoken to. You're not supposed to talk. So, you know, unless an adult speaks to you and asks you to speak, you're not supposed to talk. That was a big one for me. 
Um, but we all we all have these opinions put upon us. We have these beliefs put upon us. And what that does is it starts to cover up layer by layer, starts to cover up who you are, your true you, your inner child, your higher self, your person, the, the who you were born to be. And this is society, right? This is society. This is religion. Um, this is just everything you're expected to be. And then we start to believe that those things are true. And we start to act upon those things. So if you were a child and you dreamed to be, like for me, I wanted to be a, a teacher. So also a rock star, but yeah. So, but the teacher in me, like I wanted to be a teacher and I used to like line up all my like stuffed animals and dolls and I got a chalkboard for Christmas one year and I would like pretend teaching stuff. And I loved it and I loved it. But as I got older, I started to think that that wasn't good enough, that I needed to be something bigger, something better, make more money, wear suits, like be like something like super important. Uh, So anyway, but that was conditioning. That was my environment. That was talking to the people I talked to, talking to family members who had different expectations and opinions. So that started to cover up who I really was. Okay. And so anyway, our wounded self then starts to um, lead, you know, it starts to lead our life. And our wounded self is the part of us that has lots of fears. Okay. A lot of fear, um, a lot of limited perspectives, you know, limiting beliefs. Um, We have a lot of wounds and unprocessed pain. So your wounded self is, you know, living from this this fear this your wounded self feels not good enough not fulfilled your wounded self worries and blames and shames okay shames yourself shames others um starts to be judgmental okay and your wounded self will do anything to avoid pain okay so that is where emotional eating comes in or drinking too much alcohol or doing drugs or um you know anything self-destructive. Some people's self-destructive activity may not be eating. It might be like shopping online, like spending all their money. Or some people, you know, maybe it's like sex or maybe it's, you know, drugs, like whatever it is, people do these self-destructive activities to avoid the pain, to avoid the things that they've been conditioned to believe and to do. So we we try to forget our inner self so that we please others. And here's the thing, you know, we work on, I've talked about people pleasing before and how it's really important to, to take care of yourself first. But, um, you know, no matter how hard you work on it, we still have this wounded self. You constantly have to be aware of it to work on it so that you can um, actually live your happiest life. Okay, every single person has a wounded self. Nobody gets away from that. Even just right now, stop and just think for a second. Like when I say wounded self and I talk about the not feeling good enough and covering up um, fears or pain or past experiences, can you think of at least one thing that you know you do now, like that your wounded self? 
And I bet you, you can. And, and maybe you need a little bit more than two seconds there that I gave you to think about it. But we all avoid pain in our own way. Okay. So our higher self then is who we are beneath all of the conditioning and the fears. It's the true you. And it's, and, and she's there or he's there. It, you're there. It's underneath. You know, and I was at the retreat, I was talking about how when I think about the wounded self and the um, higher self, I think of like, you know, like, I don't know if you guys did this because we all lived in different areas, but I remember as a child, we lived in a really cold place. Wyoming is really cold in the winter. And I remember having to wear like the puffy jackets, you know, like you would like layer, 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 layer all these clothes on and like pretty soon you can barely like walk because you're like this like... (laughs) you know, like waddling around these big old coats and moon boots and um, hats and gloves. And it's like, that's what I picture the wounded self. It's like this covered up, you know, puffy jacket kind of situation. But underneath it all, when you start peeling off the hat and the gloves and the jacket and the sweater and the, you know, whatever, the clothes, underneath it all is you. And that's how it is with the higher self and the wounded self. You are there. It's your best you. It's your opinions. Okay. It's okay to have a different opinion than your parents. It's okay to have a different opinion than your teachers and all the people that like shaped you and created this wounded self. Okay. So I want to tell you that there are five characteristics or different characters, so to speak, under the wounded self. Okay, so I'm just going to tell you a little bit about each one. And as I'm telling you, I just wonder, you know, if you can just take a minute and see where you are. Like we all have these five different characters inside of us. So it's not like multiple personalities necessarily, but it's kind of like these different parts of us that come up in certain situations. And some people are going to be more of one than the others, or you might have a little bit equally of all of them. And different times in our lives and situations where are gonna, you know, bring about certain characters in us than other times. Okay. So here we are, the avoider. Okay. The avoider is most of us. Okay. The avoider is the person or the character in you, the wound of your wounded self that runs away or really wants to get away from any pain or fear, okay? This, the avoider in you thinks of pain as weakness, okay? And we, the avoider thinks of pain as unsafe and needs to be avoided at all costs, okay? That is where food and alcohol and drugs and those self-destructive activities come in. It's like anything to distract yourself from the feeling of the pain or the fear any kind of trigger, we go immediately into numbing it, right? So that's the avoider. The victim in us, so there's the avoider and the victim. The victim kind of like doubts you have the power to change, you know, believes the past dictates your future. Um, The victim in you worries about the past and stresses about the future and has a really hard time focusing on the present. Okay, the victim feels like it's safer to stay uncomfortable now than to try to change and fail. So the victim feels very like I'm just stuck where I'm at and that's where I need to be. 
like, poor me, I can't change. This is the, you know, what I've been handed. Like, it's kind of like the poor me, like everything's happening to me. I'm the victim. I'm helpless. And honestly, the the victim kind of wishes somebody else would like reach in and save them. Okay. And they want somebody else just to tell them what to do and to save them from their life. Okay. And you know, you hear women talking about this all the time. Um, and, and sometimes we're joking. Like I have a couple of friends that joke about this, but but truly, I think that a lot of women feel it like this. They're like, you know, my life is terrible. I wish just like a rich man would come save me. Like I hear this all the time. And yeah, like that sounds great, whatever. But that's not really solving the problem. Okay. But that's the victim talking. Then we have the controller. And this part wants everything to be perfect, right? The controller in you doesn't trust life or your body, or your heart, okay? This is your perfectionist in you, okay? And it wants to control others, okay, or the outside of themselves to feel safe, okay? The controller will feel alone. Um, The controller also shames and judges other aspects of yourself. So the controller is going to be like, God, I'm such a wuss. Like, I know I can't, I knew I couldn't do this. Like, but I'm going to try. And I, I try to control everybody else and I have to do it just perfect. So I see like the controller with a lot of um, people that I work with when they want to start like a plan, a meal plan, for example. And it's like, they have to do it perfect, 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 perfect. And then when they don't do it perfect, then their victim jumps in and is like, well, my life's too hard. Of course, I knew I couldn't do this. Right. And then the avoider is like, well, I'm just going to eat cookies, not not think about it. Okay. See how this is all working together. This is part of your wounded self. Then we have the pleaser. Okay. The pleaser pushes away all personal needs just to please other people. Okay. This is a form of avoidance, by the way. If I focus on everybody else and I please everybody else, then I don't have to think about me. Okay, they make other people happy by overgiving. And then what happens is they feel overwhelmed and they feel used because they give and give and give and give. Okay, because they want to and they want to please everyone. But then they turn around and feel like a victim that nobody gives, nobody like really um, appreciates their help. Okay, but here's the other thing the pleaser feels a lot of shame for not taking better care of themselves. So what they do is then they get their self-worth from making other people better, okay? But it's like this cycle. So they bounce from the pleaser to the controller because also the pleaser controls other people by taking care of them. See how this, it's so amazing to me. And it all makes sense when you start like hearing it, right? And then finally, we have the rebel, Okay, the rebel rebels against all the control and the overgiving and the constant control and the perfectionist. So the rebel is the person that's like, you know what, screw it. I'm eating the whole pizza and I don't care. You know, I'm in control and it doesn't matter. This plan doesn't work anyway, victim. And I love, I'm going to eat pizza and I don't care what anyone says because you're avoiding Okay, see, it, this the rebel's kind of like the little devil on your shoulder. Okay, so the rebel is like this seductive part of you that convinces you that the self-destructive behavior is good for you. Okay, 
So we have the avoider who just wants to avoid all pain, usually uses food. So I'm going to kind of bring this back to emotional eating and the holidays. So especially around the holidays, we maybe you're going to go be with your family and maybe you have a problem with your, I don't know, sister or whoever. And so you, instead of facing the situation and the problem, you just drink more wine or eat more pie or eat more mashed potatoes or, you know, whatever, just to avoid the situation. Okay. So anyway, there's the avoider. There's the victim. Okay. The victim is like, oh, I have to do everything myself for the holidays anyway. So then to make themselves feel better, they eat or drink. Okay. And then the controller is like, well, I better be in charge of Thanksgiving and Christmas dinner because no one else is going to do it as good as me and it's not going to be the way it needs to be. So I'm going to control it. And then usually they feel like a victim because they're trying to control and please everyone, yet they're not getting their needs met. So all of these like intertwine and mingle together to create your wounded self. Okay. So, you know, here's the deal. When it comes to your wounded self, you have a choice, right? You have a choice to either continue to be your wounded self or you can evolve and change and really tap into your higher self, okay? So your higher self, I'm going to remind you, is the you that you want to be. And we all are there and you have the opportunity and the right to be your higher self. Nobody should be able to tell you not to be your higher self, okay? It is up to you to live the life that you want and be the person that you want to be. Now, you might be sitting here thinking, because I've heard this, yeah, m- sounds great, Rand, but like I can't just quit my job and get divorced and go live in a million-dollar house somewhere because <laughs> doesn't that sound great? My higher self deserves like the million-dollar house. But you're right. But what you can do realistically is start paying attention, start noticing when your wounded self is leading your life, okay? And ask yourself, do I want to continue letting my wounded self, you know, run my life or do I want to take it back? Do I want to take control with my higher self and start making choices and decisions that are going to bring me up and bring that inner self, that higher self out to start leading my life. You have the choice. You can repeat the destructive activities or you can evolve. So the really quick little uh, tool that I'm going to give you today to help you, and I hope that you'll use it over the holiday season and going forward, is it's called the five-minute projector process. Okay. So here's the deal. Remember, I I just said you have a choice. You can repeat the destructive activities or you can evolve. So let's quickly talk about repeating and and continuing to live from your wounded self. And this is how it works. You feel this trigger, right? The trigger might be fear. It might be anger. It might be hurt. Might be boredom. It might be, you you know, whatever, whatever it is, you get this trigger, suffering, fear, panic, whatever it is, okay, the emotion. And what we normally want to do is react, okay? You want to react and either avoid control. Remember those five characters I told you? You're going to react. And usually that is um, eating something or drinking something um, or doing some sort of destructive 
activity to distract yourself, right? To avoid this pain, essentially. What that's going to do is lead to unwanted outcomes and suppressed emotions. Okay, the more you just keep suppressing your emotions, the more you're going to be living from that wounded self. Okay, and then what that's going to do is lead to more triggers, more suffering. Okay, and then what's going to happen? You're going to get to the end of your life and be like, well, shit, I guess, I guess that's it. Too bad I didn't do all the things I wanted to do, right? To me, that's letting the wounded self run your life. And you don't have to do that. Okay. You don't have to do it. If you continue to do it, that's what you're choosing. So you have to be aware. You have to be aware that this is how you're living. And if you want to live better, then you need to evolve. So that is the second choice you have. So we're going to go through the scenario again. You have the trigger, the suffering, the fear, the anger, the emotion. Instead of reacting, you're going to just stop for a moment and support yourself. Okay, you're going to support yourself with a response instead of a reaction. Okay, the response is going to be like, how can I support myself? And maybe instead of grabbing another glass of wine, or maybe instead of downing 10 cookies, that's what I used to do, or instead of lashing out at your loved one or whatever the destruction is going to be, you respond with what you need. And maybe all you need is to stand up and go outside and get some fresh air. Maybe all you need is someone to give you a hug. Maybe what you need is a glass of water. Maybe what you really need is just to excuse yourself and go to the bathroom and just be alone for a moment. Take some deep breaths. Okay. Taking that time, you always have a choice. Okay. You always have a choice. You can either react or respond. So when you choose to respond to your needs, okay, no matter how small that is, you're going to start getting the outcomes that you really desire. Okay, you're going to start processing your emotions, which is going to help you release your fears. And that's going to create less triggers and suffering. And it's going to start making you live from your higher self, your true you. Okay, so, so here's, I'm going to repeat that. When you, over the holidays or any time, okay, it's just a good timing to talk about holidays because this is when a lot of emotional eating, a lot of hurt happens, is you're going to be, you know, wherever you're at. And if you start feeling that bubbling up filling inside, you know, sometimes it starts in your stomach, sometimes in your chest, and you kind of get this like hot, like, oh, like this frustration. You can actually physically feel it coming up from within, up into your face, you might get red. And maybe it's not even that physical, but you start feeling this trigger, this pain, this suffering, and you're going to literally make a choice at the time. I can react by making myself feel worse and eating more, or I can respond to this and support myself with what I actually need. Okay. Now, are you going to be able to solve maybe years and years and years and years of hurt with like family members, not in that moment, no. But when you start supporting yourself more and more and more, and then finally speaking what you need to speak and truly tapping into your higher self, then yes, you can start to change relationships. You can start to change your entire life. And how do I know this? 
Well, because I did it and because I'm currently doing it. When we truly recognize that we are living from our wounded self, we can choose to live from our higher self. And I've been actively doing that for years. And so I want to give credit. Um, I actually attended a just a lot, um, excuse me, an online workshop with a coach named Heather Jones. And she does a workshop about emotional eating. And so I have to give her credit because this is actually where I learned a lot of this. And it made me feel so good because it reaffirmed something that I was already working on. I just hadn't seen, you know, names put to the characters of the wounded self. And I so before I even saw her workshop, I've been personally doing this. I've been recognizing my emotions and I've been responding to myself and supporting myself and seeking the help that I need to live my best life. Because I'll tell you right now, I am not okay with just surviving. I want to thrive. I want this opportunity that I have to live to be worth it. Like I can't just let myself and my life fly by me and not really love it. And I just, I watched my mom do that. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope that my mother had a better like life than like what I remember. You know, I think I remember some of the the later years where she didn't feel good and she was grumpy and, and you know, had a hard time. But I, I just, I don't want that. Like I want to truly like get every morsel out of this life that I can. So that is why I choose my higher self. And no, I'm not perfect at it. There's absolutely a lot of wounded self left. There's still a lot of emotion, but I'm so proud of myself for paying attention and noticing when I'm being triggered and asking myself in the moment, why am I being triggered? Like, what do I need right now? And even, you know, even like when I'm teaching a class or with a client or with my family, I'm literally in the moment and not outwardly, but in the moment, if something happens, I'm in my head saying, pause, what do I need? Why am I feeling like this? And it might, you know, I might have to excuse myself or I, you know, whatever I need to do in the moment. And sometimes I have to say to myself, okay, right now I can't do this, but as soon as I leave here, so let's say I'm teaching a class, if something's bothering me, I finish what I'm doing, but I say to myself, I'm not avoiding this. I'm going to address this like when I get in my car or when I get home. So I promise you, I mean, I'm not trying to sound preachy or like, I just, I'm practicing it. And I really want you to practice it too, because I really believe this can change your life, which can change your physical health. Okay. When you change your inner self, it's going to filter out to your physical health as well. So whether that's losing weight, whether that's getting your blood sugar balanced, whether that's um, just getting more fit so you can spend more time with your family and the people you love and being able to physically do the things, great. So, so okay, that's all I have to say. That's all I have to say today. I actually need to leave. So I'm going to wrap it up. I hope that this made sense. I would absolutely love to hear from you if this resonated with you, if you enjoyed the, the episode, if you have anything you want to share with me, I would really, really appreciate hearing from you. So thank you guys for being here and I will catch you next week. 
Thank you for tuning into the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And if you are looking for a crew of amazing women who are also seeking a balanced, fit, and free lifestyle, be sure to join my exclusive community on Facebook. The link is waiting for you in the show notes. Until next time, keep your thoughts positive and your coffee hot. Hot.